0: Hi there, how's your week been? For me, it's been a series of emotional ups and downs. It's been like that for a few weeks, actually. The outrage that has poured out of all of us against the murder of George Floyd and the many, many others before him has filled our hearts and minds with anger and sadness. The reactions or lack thereof from some in the non-black or brown communities has left us speechless. Seeing the ensuing protests has given us hope, yet still while fighting back tears that we can't quite acknowledge as we head back into our working environments. There's lots of conversations that need to be had, and there's lots of conversations going on in the DMs. A phrase that keeps coming up is, it's a lot, or I feel heavy, or my head aches, my jaw aches. You kind of feel like you need a holiday, but you can't express why. I've done a lot of reading over the past few weeks and one of the things that I learned, I shared this on my Instagram actually, is about why we sigh. I learned so much and it's its actually a, it's a, a coping mechanism for stress, depression and, and distress. So sighing essentially is keeping us alive. What I'll do, I'll leave a little link at, um, in the show notes to my Instagram so you can watch the video I also learned about how emotional pain registers in our bodies the same way that physical pain does. Just think about that for a second, especially if you are someone that perhaps you're just not getting why the whole world is upset. Think about that because emotional pain is registering with us every time we see a graphic image of someone's murder or someone being attacked while protesting for basic human rights. One thing that I've personally tried to avoid over the past week is spending large amounts of my time scrolling through Instagram. I think I've achieved it because my screen time is actually down for once. I mean, this is the first time throughout lockdown that my screen time has been down. The reason I had to come off Instagram for a day at a time was because of the lack of consideration that I've seen from the beauty industry. Don't even get me started on the hair industry. That's going to be a whole other episode. I've been uh, a part of the hair industry for about 11 years and the lack of consideration for Black Lives Matters has been very telling. In the beauty industry, they've been a bit quicker off the mark. A lot of brands are playing catch up, but for me, action beats a caption any day. So even if a brand is only posting today, a week near, well, almost two weeks after Blackout Tuesday, I want to see what they're doing six weeks from now. I want to see what they're doing six months from now. A black square to me shows a thought. It's not showing me a whole sort of motivation to change the entire system. I'm seeing a lot of influencers sharing the black square and then deleting it, which I find very confusing and more annoying than being silent to begin with because it's kind of showing that, okay, I'm going to acknowledge you for a day, but you're kind of messing with the aesthetic of my feed. So, yeah, I had to take time out from that. Throughout my life, I've always been someone who believes that supplements can help me kind of manage how I'm feeling. For years, I've been taking quite high doses of evening primrose oil to help with PMT. I definitely believe it gives me some kind of balance. Um, I've been taking ashwagandha and turmeric for the past few months to help with inflammation in my body, zinc for my skin. So basically, I've been taking supplements for most of my adult life. So that's the reason why when Heights, a supplement brand, reached out to me this week on my Instagram, I actually was interested to hear, to hear what they had to say. Heights is basically it called itself a smart supplement. It's not about increasing muscle mass or improving your hair and nails. It's actually about optimizing your brain. Each ingredient has been chosen because it's been proven to have the most scientific efficacy for brain health. For me, on top of that, the fact that there are no caking agents or useless fillers, the packaging can be composted and it's 100% vegan and suitable for halal and kosher diets means Heights has kind of set itself apart. More importantly, unlike many other supplement companies, Heights is throughout June donating £10 in the UK for every new Heights customer to BAATN, which is the Black, African and Asian Therapy Network, which is the UK's largest community of counsellors and psychotherapists for those who have Black, African, South Asian and Caribbean heritage. The BAATN aims to address the inequality of access to appropriate psychological services for Black people and its website hosts a huge directory of therapists across the UK as well as free resources and services for people of minority backgrounds who are seeking help. Also, Heights has created a special 50% discount for Beauty Me listeners off their first month. So use the code BEAUTYME at www.heights.com to find out more. I'm not getting any financial gain from promoting Heights. They reached out to me to say that they want to give something back to the black community and that's what I'm hoping to pass on to you. So, And obviously, you can use the code whatever color you are. For me, this is just about creating awareness and giving something back. So before I introduce today's guest, thanks for sticking with me so far. I want to say I welcome all my listeners here, and this podcast is a safe space for all of you to express yourselves. But I do need my white listeners to know, the Black Square created awareness. It's now up to you to create action to make this world a level playing field. So today's guest, born in Hertfordshire, Charlotte Williams is the founder of London Based 76, a social media and influencer marketing agency focused on diversity and inclusion, Charlotte started blogging back in 2010 and then moved into marketing in 2013 and she's also the co-host of a brilliant podcast called Sustainably Influenced which is actually a real breath of fresh air in its approach. I love how it's teaching all of us how we can be more sustainable in our everyday lives and it's not coming from that kind of preachy angle. If you check out Charlotte's Instagram feed you'll see she's blessed with glowing skin and a curly fro but in our chat she opens up about dealing with hormonal breakout. She's very open in talking about how when she lived in Portugal, she could almost pass as Portuguese because she's mixed race. She also talks about her business and how she's pretty much addicted to social media, but she's very unapologetic about it because she works in the digital space. So she needs to know what's going on. She also talks about sustainability and and is very honest about the fact that it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for us to get to a sustainable future. And the beauty world in particular is it's it's gonna be a really hard ask. Just to let you know, I'm really looking forward to having Charlotte on for a second face-to-face chat because unfortunately we had to cut out a chunk of audio throughout this chat. The Wi-Fi just wasn't there, so you know, this is one of those lockdown episodes where I can't be in person with that that guest. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Feel free to slide into the DMs and let me know what you think, what you thought of what Charlotte has to say and just take care of yourselves. My name's Sharice Kenyon and this is the Beauty Me podcast. I've been a hair and beauty journalist for about 15 years and I thought it was about time I created my own platform so I could talk all about beauty without the BS. While there's plenty of room for product recommendations, I'm also all about the daily routines, traditions and lifestyle path that make us all approach beauty differently.
1: My life hasn't changed that much um, during lockdown. It's quite funny. I keep getting asked, like, how different is the life? I'm quite used to working from home. I used to work from home twice a week anyway. Um, and I only just moved to my office. Like, my morning routine is pretty much the same. I'm waking up a little earlier, but that's, that's it. Mm. Uh, I wake up. I check my phone, which is not a good thing. But I work um, on a few time zones because of the clients. So, like, one of my clients is currently in Singapore and then another's in the U.S. So I have been come in overnight that I need to just make sure I check. So I'll do that and then I'll wake up and then I'll look at the state in which the flat was left as the night before. Maybe I might need to do a dishwasher, whatever. I'll spend the first part of my day cleaning because I really I find it really important to have like a clean space for a clean mind. So I just make sure that wherever I'm choosing to work is really organized. And then I'll have my breakfast, go for a walk with the dog, and then I just start the day. But it's pretty much always been like that.
0: Because right. <laughs> obviously you say you're used to working from home quite a lot. And I think when you do work from home, your own routine is different to other people's, whereas like other people might get up and it's straight in the shower, makeup, etc. Often when um, you work from home you can take a more relaxed approach, but so where yeah. does your kind of like skincare, your hair fit into your morning?
1: So, before I will walk the dog, it's there's actually there is maybe a change in lockdown. So for the first few weeks of lockdown, I was doing Kira London's workout. So rather than jumping straight in the shower, I was waking up, I'd wash my face and brush my teeth, and just kind of tie my hair up, and then I'd put on gym clothes because at twelve I was sent to the workout. For the last couple of weeks, I haven't really been feeling it. I'm going to get back into it next week, but I just haven't been feeling it. And I, I like to go where my body takes me. So um, instead, I just wake up and then I'll have a shower and I'll do – my skincare routine is really erratic. It's I have so many skincare products because I get sent so many all the time. So I'm just, I always just like picking whatever mm. I feel like that day. So sometimes I will I, – I always wash my face at the exact same face wash. I have done for over a year now. Um, it's a CeraVe facial cleanser
0: nice yeah. so simple best,
1: it's super cheap it's like nine ninety five. Um, you can get it in boots or do drugs and it has hyaluronic acid in my skin love um, which is great so I'll, I'll use that and then I'll either use a serum there's three options a serum and a moisturizer yep uh, could be any I'll either so that, or I'll use a facial oil from Balance Me, which is really nice. And that's when I'm feeling really tired. I have nothing to do that day. I'm not going outside, so I don't need to put SPF on. Um, so I'll just use an oil. Or if my skin's looking a bit gross, <laughs> I'll put on a, a face mask, a F-A-C-E face mask. I really like their period, which again has hyaluronic acid in it. And um, I will put that on and I'll have that on for today the and then I'll either I might have a meeting in the afternoon or a video that I want to put makeup on for so I'll wash it off and put my makeup on if not then I'll just wash it off in the evening and then put something else on top
0: so describe to me what your version of gross is because every picture I've seen of you <laughs> is like that flawless um, like skin commercial that level
1: <laughs> um I have really good lighting in my flat, so sometimes my skin looks really bad. But I'm by a window, and it completely blurs. I don't even like; I wouldn't even need to use Photoshop for anything. It blurs my skin. So <laughs> there's that. But I suffer from breakouts and um, stress and hormonal breakouts, oh, and I. Yeah. And then I get um, spots here, and then I get some between the jaw and the cheek. Not so much the cheek, but around here that are um, quite aggressive i have had some in the past that have been like between my eyebrows which is really really bad but um i went heavily to skin doctor last year dr woma she's incredible and she literally changed my life because i've always had issues with my skin um since i was about 15 i've had on and off great skin sometimes my skin looks flawless and it's like incredible and i'm like oh this is great and other times i have such aggressive breakouts they come out of nowhere i don't like there's no warning I just wake up and it's like and they get progressively worse um but I know with me it's to do with hormones and stress so it's just trying to counteract that and it's quite difficult to you know to sort out so it is because
0: you get stressed about it like honestly you've just described my exact setup like the jawline and then when it's bad like when it's developed past like the period hormones yeah it'll be my cheeks and they'll be like red and like you say angry and
1: oh, I don't think you I imagine you do because you're you're brown but I scarred really bad oh my god yeah and, and that's also something I struggle with. I'm not wearing any makeup today. I don't know how good the camera is but I, I was looking at my skin today, and I was like oh it's good at the moment but I've just got a couple of scars that too. are quite they're quite prominent they're dark and they're quite big and something I've just learned to live with I'm quite content with my own skin yeah I'm not the kind of I need makeup to feel good, but I do know that if I post a video or a picture on my feed where I don't have makeup, it won't perform as well. And sometimes, if I'm trying to promote a product or a service or something and I want it to perform well, I need to make sure that yeah. it, it looks good first. That's just how it is. I'm fine with that because yeah. it's not me. I think I look nice. I'm happy. You know, my boyfriend always says to me, You always look so much nicer without makeup, whatever always say that to you my husband's the
0: same it's like like,
1: oh it's so beautiful natural but um I am happy with my own skin so it takes time but you know it's just you have to know sometimes how marketing works how did you
0: get to that point then to be so accepting because it's so interesting that you're able to point out what you've noticed about less likes and things like that but you're cool with it it's because you know the social media world is quite tough and it's weird because often like women that do show their skin that have problem skin they will actually get more likes more support etc for showing you know reality
1: yeah so
0: it's kind of like your experience in the com- the other side maybe it's because your skin I, looks so I don't know
1: it's, I don't think my skin is like bad enough to be like yeah or skin, um, it it's like little bits of yeah. outbreak. Yeah. So it's like let's all join together as one. Um, how did I fix, like get comfortable with myself? I think I've always been very confident, but I was I think I would say I was very lost for a, a, quite a while. Um, in terms of what I, how I portrayed myself, let's say.
0: Okay. Um.
1: So I used to live in Port one thing really random. Mm-hmm. I used to live in Portugal.
0: Okay.
1: And I used to live in northern Portugal it's is very untouched. <laughs> and it's not many but Port- Portugal does have a quite a large black population because of the ex colony, like Angola, Mozambique, and Guinea-Bissau, the south. So people um, there are African people who live in Portugal and are Portuguese. But in Porto itself it's not the most multicultural city when i lived there was probably when i was most straightening my hair i would wear um half a head weave and i um would always have a face with makeup on because they are so good over there. it's insane to the point where you go to the cinema over here when i go to the cinema i literally go in my pajamas <laughs> when over there they go in like heels and like cute little outfits and i remember going to the cinema once with a friend and his with my ex-boyfriend our friend and his like new date and he was like Sha why are you wearing like pajamas what the hell like we're at the cinema and I was like exactly and then she turned up in this cute outfit and I was just like oh <laughs> that's how it rolls over here okay cool and I think I got so you I lived there for just over two years mm-hmm. like nearly three and I think I got so used to that kind of lifestyle which is so different not all of Portugal is like that mm-hmm. but I think the city that I was in mm-hmm. was and I just got so used to that, um, and kind of passing as Portuguese because I am like, light, like, light, lighter skin. Yeah. So I could be with my straight hair, I could be like a tan Portuguese person. And my, I worked really hard on my accent so that they felt like I was Portuguese. right. So I could pass as a Portuguese person quite easily, or maybe, um, like a, like a Brazilian with a, Weird accent. Um, <laughs> so I think when I came back, I one of my I have I wore my hair curly for like first time in years. And one of my friends was like, "Oh god, I forgot what you look like." And I was like, "Oh, that's a weird thing to say." And then I realised like I was always trying to look perfect and polished, mm, mm. whatever that may mean. And then um, it was when I came back and I went to the breakup and I met my new partner and my now current life partner um I kind of went through a transition of like really taking a minute to think about who I am and I think now I'm just like yeah this is me I still have certain issues with different things but Mm. I think quite content me as a person I'm also thirty, so I think I'm whatever (laughs) I'm a bit tired of being like worried about what people are thinking because it doesn't matter.
0: When you were growing up, when did you kind of click that there's this thing about beauty in the world that, you know, obviously it's very female-centric that you could play around with your hair and your makeup? Was it, like, through your family or TV or...? No. Um, I
1: was actually talking to my partner about this recently. It's quite interesting. So I grew up here to this year, not too far out of London. My family are all from London. and um, So... I had this weird thing where all my cousins lived in London and were all, like, cool Londoners and all my friends were, like... It's not like the countryside of of Hertfordshire, but they're just different. So I had um, lots of white friends growing up because there weren't really any other options. And I had this friendship group that I fell into when I was in Year 8. When... I think one of the girls must have seen me. It was kind of like mean girls. Like you're pretty, you should roll with us. That kind. Of thing. And then, after, yeah, it was really cute, and I kind of got pulled into this group, and, and treated a bit like a doll. Which at the time I didn't really mind. So I, I would have this this friend who would my hair and help me with my makeup, and I wasn't really. My mum doesn't wear makeup, so I wasn't really into that before but it was something I was curious about and they were really into, I've always been really into fashion that's always been my thing but like thrifty fashions and design and um, I really thought I was going to be a fashion designer when I was younger going back to year 11 when we were getting ready for prom I went to Boots to get my foundation for my prom and I was really excited I planned this was before Press, but I <laughs> had magic up with the the kind of eyeliner that I wanted and the kind of smoke I wanted my eyeliner to look like and then the finish I wanted my foundation to be and it was all like plastered up my wall ready for this big night. I went to a couple of weeks before to get my foundation, tested it out in the store the woman said it was fine it was a number 7 at the time Um, and said it was fine I was like great, this is what I need and then on one night did my makeup and I looked great, like even looking back now I hadn't obviously done my eyebrows because that wasn't a thing then. And I hadn't, the eyeliner was a bit thin. It wasn't like how I would learn. I was really impressed. But when the photos came back, (laughs) the flash, so at the front was at least three shades, two lights, which is interesting. But also a real testament to my creativity. Um, From that day, I, um, I learned how to edit photos. So I edited all of my prom pictures. I can't even remember using what. Yeah, what to did get rid of. I can't I don't even know. Because <laughs> I have the pictures somewhere and um I have a folder and all of my pictures, my photos looks perfect. You're but <laughs> it's because I edited them at the age of like fifteen, no not knowing like how to do it. Everything I've done in my life I've just learned how to And yeah, so that's been, um, that was a lesson because it showed that I've had to do a bit more research with the products that I was able to use. Um, because maybe
0: things aren't quite as accessible as I thought they were. Mm. But my- yeah, I've all that happens to me all the time. I don't know how many foundations I've bought, and I'm like, Yes, they've got that yellow undertone. That is me when I'm very pale, and then I can go and take a photograph, and I'm like, A ghost. I'm just like, How did that happen? when Do you think you really started to find your own look? Was that like much more recently?
1: Mm, I think it's happened a couple of times. The first time would definitely have been on my year abroad, in my third year at university. Half of the year I spent in Spain in a village, tiny, tiny village outside of Madrid. And I had literally no friends. Everyone that I worked with at school, would go home on the weekend to all these different parts of Spain and I would just be stuck in this village. So I used to go to Madrid because my friend was there and I would literally spend my whole weekend shopping in El Corte Inglés in the Makeup counters, and I would buy all of, basically, the whole of Matt and I would go on YouTube and I'd look at videos of Shirley Bianchi Yang, Yang, which was a bright, full of girls using certain products And then and sometimes girls, if he didn't have my skin tone, I'd buy things, you see, and then I'd realize, oh, that probably wasn't for me. But if I mix it with X, Y, and Z, I could figure out how to make it work. And it was just the most freeing and exciting time because I was home alone. I lived by myself. I was home alone so much. And all I did was watch YouTube and learn to do my makeup. So from that, I learned how to do a cat eye. I learned how to do like a really flawless foundation look. I learned so much. Um, that I don't even use now because it's just too much for me. Um, But I could do like a real glam look because I learned it all from YouTube at the age of like 20. Yeah. So yeah, that was probably a big makeup moment.
0: It almost sounds like you could have had a career in it to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I um, did YouTube for a little bit. But then I stopped because my account got hacked and it was just a bit long. I had like like, 2,000 followers, which at the time was a lot yeah and, yeah, and then I was just like I can't bother with this this is this is long I don't know how this works and then I kind of let it disappear but I, I used to be so makeup obsessed I don't really wear that much makeup now I only really wear concealer and then a bit of mascara and brows but back in the day oh my god you couldn't catch me and it wasn't <laughs> even because I didn't think I looked good without makeup was, I loved makeup
0: I wanted to find out because I know you have your podcast sustainably influenced I love the name of it I listened to the most recent episode. I've forgotten that lady's name. I had it ready here.
1: Oh, uh, with Emma. Emma Slade hey.
0: Edmondson. And I actually yeah. thought that was a really cool episode. I I love how your podcast is so specific. It's like it's like a breath of fresh air. And I'm learning stuff from it. I already know I want to watch the football listen to the football one. And I really want to listen to the, you know, the face with the two A's jasmine yeah, with Stephen.
1: That, that was really good one. i really love jazz and um, he's the founder mm. that was really nice we asked a lot of questions in that one um the most recent one which was last week's one is an interesting one because literally just me moaning i was in a mood and don't the microphone my me apparently when i'm in a mood because i was just moaning about the sustainability mm. kind of movement, how uninclusive it is and unattainable and how difficult it is to understand how confusing it was and it just that's pretty much like half an hour of me moaning okay I will
0: save that one I'll save that one to start my week off but I just love how it's so specific and I just wanted to know you kind of hit upon how even when you were younger you were into you said I think you said thrifty um fashion but has that crossed over into beauty for you have you found any like how hard is it to live sustainably (laughs) When it comes oh, to it's, beauty,
1: it's pretty much impossible. So, I actually went for a phase just before my crazy breakout last year. And I remember speaking to Dr. Wern about it, and she was like, uh. I literally only use shea butter. Oh, on your face. Not on your... my face. It worked. My, my skin was amazing until I had this breakout, which wasn't related to with the product, it was related to my like, hormones. Lisa. Wow. Butter and then I use I can't remember which face wash I was, I'm sure I've done a post about it at some point. But um, I was using really natural um, and ethical products, and it was just really easy for me at the time. But I think it's easy to do that if you don't have issues with your skin.
0: Yeah,
1: if you do, you need you actually do need chemicals and harsher products. And the problem with the beauty industry is everything comes with so much packaging. But the packaging is normally a legal requirement because on the bottle, you can't fit all of the ingredients or the directions and things like that on there. So you have to have an extra bit and that's normally where the box comes from. So it is just, that's a bit annoying. And then also, it's quite difficult to find really good um, plastic or any kind of material that you could put a product in that is recyclable and fully sustainable because of the product makeup and how like the product see through. Um so it's, it's really difficult and speaking to lots of beauty brands on the podcast has made it clear that it's something that a lot of the brands, pretty much all brands are struggling with. I think the only brands that really have it down are Ren because they've been they've put a lot of money into kind of testing. But still we haven't had them on the podcast yet. Um But, you know, they were actually a sponsor for our first event last year. Um, but I would like to talk to them about how they're dealing with their, their, um, packaging, because it's something that a lot of brands are struggling with, but I think maybe because they have a bit more money, they're able to do a lot more, whereas startup brands don't have that cash to inject into So it's quite difficult to be sustainable and a beauty lover, um, but there are brands like for example Typology, which um is just launched in the UK that are um supposed to be fully sustainable. Okay. We're actually testing out their products next week, so I'll keep you updated on that. But um yeah, there are brands doing this, but again, they are normally the brands with the money.
0: Yeah. It's I found it really frustrating lately because you wanna do better. So you examine all the areas where you can do better. And then you run out of shower gel and it's, you've got to buy plastic again. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, it has to be a major movement. It has to be governments involved. And now, you know, I do think a side effect of COVID-19 is no one's talking about sustainability right now. You know, they're just not. And I understand it, but... I'm seeing gloves everywhere on the street outside and now that's frustrating me because it's so cyclical. Like we have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of our environment. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's non-negotiable.
1: to it's <laughs> um, talk about sustainability when there's a pandemic going on where you need to protect yourself. It is really difficult, but it's something as well not to be ignored because at this time, you have to think about all the brands still functioning and working. So the likes of we pretty little thing who are still making lots of money and making sales um and still damaging the environment through their messaging. So it's like we still need to talk about sustainability, we still need to talk about conscious practices and ethical living in a way that's digestible for people in a way that they actually want to get involved. So there are different things that I think need to happen. One of them is government level, like not down to the consumer. You can't say, you know, the consumer has to be better. If they don't have an option, an affordable option, they're not gonna do better because they can't do better. The second thing is marketing for fast fashion brands, I think we mentioned this in Emma's episode, it's so sexy. It's so aggressively great. Marketing for sustainable brands (laughs) is rubbish. (laughs) It makes you think that you need to be like a forty five year old woman. Who does yoga? Vegan. And is, yeah, a vegan lifestyle. A yummy mummy lives in like crouch End pushing a buggy with her wide leg yoga son. And it doesn't have to be like that, but I just think we haven't found enough brands that are just like doing it. I would love to find a brand that either I can help market mm-hmm. and help you create your kind of vision and strategy to make the mm-hmm. marketing sex I hate to see that person so sexy. I know, sexy. but
0: I know what you mean as well. You know.
1: If it's going to cost, you know, £120 to get a sustainably made pair of tracksuit bottoms, uh, sorry, I'm not going to buy that and I'm in the movement. Yeah. So, like, how is it possible that everyone's going to get
0: involved? Are there any really cool um, makeup or skincare brands that you love that kind of do fit into your ethos?
1: You know what? I don't really do... Oh. Okay. Anymore. I'm more, I'm more of a hair care. Okay. Brand. So I love, love, love hair care. So there are brands like Buclem, for example. Yes. Who, they um their tagline is like sustainable curl care. Okay. So their packaging is made from sugarcane plastic, which is um which is like much better for the environment, easily recyclable, and um. Like the CO emissions that they it gives out is just like ridiculously low. Um, so they do a really, really good job, and they've recently changed one of their packaging. I think it's for their pillowcase okay? and they've made it from recyclable and recycled cardboard um, and okay. so they' you know they do a really good job, and I think they're going off fast and beyond. I know the founder really well, and it's something that she personally is really um passionate about. And um, she doesn't shout about it all the time, which is added, like in her personal life. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she's made it such an important part of her business strategy is really, um, really impressive. So I would say, become, you know, doing an amazing job. And then there are lots of skincare brands that do a good job. Um, I'm really interested in brands that source things properly. Mm-hmm. So there's a really lovely brand based in LA called Audacity. And okay. they do um, really, really nice things. products. They're really expensive. I didn't realise how expensive they were, but they're really expensive. But their products, they work, like genuinely, they work so well. But all the packaging is like recycled, recyclable, really low impact to the environment. Okay. And then the, the sourcing of the products themselves, also the same. And they are um carbon neutral and plant like a gazillion trees like a day. <laughs> like <basically, laughs> Their founder actually, she is a French lady that moved to LA, I think in like the 90s. And she had breast cancer and she killed herself um through a lifestyle change, mm-hmm. which is actually insane to think about because you think like, that's not really how science works, but she went vegan. She um, completely changed the products that she kind of put into her mm-hmm. body, and um, and yes, she was able to fight off her cancer. And from then, she created the brand. Um,
0: wow.
1: And, and yes, yeah, so you know that all the products that go into the into the into the brand mm. are just amazing because she yeah. wouldn't put any bad or negative. As well, Thanks.
0: okay. Thanks cool. for. I'm going to look them up because I've seen. I love the look of the brand.
1: Yeah, it's um, really, really, it's like a cool L.A. brand. Yeah, really I love,
0: love L.A., I love the L.A. vibe, so.
1: But it's got a bit of a Caribbean chic feel to it as well, because so she's kind of a hybrid, like, Caribbean lady. Oh, no, she's actually from, she's from South France, I think. Okay. So she's a chic French lady. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. With an L.A., like, vibe to it. Have you tried so, yeah.
0: Haeckels at all? Do you know Hakels? No, I
1: haven't.
0: You should go um, and visit I, them in Margate. The shop's beautiful
1: go to Margate that was one of the things for the summer I was like guys we're all going to Margate we're meant to go to Dreamlands last year and then we uh... know like our stuff together I'm like this is the year everyone's moving to Margate I want to it's yeah. about I want to go we were tempted um, really
0: yeah 100% uh, haven't, yeah
1: haven't
0: visited yet. oh well Haeckels as you, you probably know it's all made from the seaweed that is obviously they've got tons of it in Margate so I just love that it's literally from the sea Yeah, it's like, I think I would love to see more of that because I think that's the closest you will get to sustainability because I think they use a lot of glass and recycled cardboard, but it's such a, I don't want to say small. It's such like everything is in-house. Do you know what I mean? As much as possible. And I'm hoping more brands come through like that because it's true, like between the two of us, the years of experience, it's like there's not many... We're not real enough, you know, no. the options and that's what we need.
1: Exactly. And also, there are big brands that are able to make changes and do things. But they've also done lots of things in the past that they still need to offset. Oh
0: my God, <laughs> yeah.
1: That way. Whereas new brands coming in, I think it's really important that they come in with a um, sustainability mindset mm-hmm. and sustainability is a really funny term the, the reason why I can complain about it a lot because it doesn't really mean anything mm-hmm. and so th- there are different ways to be sustainable but there isn't one way to be sustainable so it's quite difficult to say oh this is a fully sustainable brand so that doesn't actually exist No, um, and the general public don't really understand the term because it's misused so widely specifically around um, marketing from retailers yeah. like think about H&M, for example, dubbing themselves the most sustainable brand in the world, where actually they were considered the most transparent brand out of two hundred fifty brands that were like on a report. Mm. So, like people don't really understand, and then they just throw words out, and then people are just misinformed. So, yeah, the whole sustainability side. As much as I love being a part of it, and this journey is really exciting, it's just. Of a, can you swear on this podcast?
0: Yeah, you can say what you like. Yeah,
1: get the head back mm-hmm. because it sometimes
0: it's making sense. It is a journey, and I think you're going to be on it for a while. But we need people like you to show a more diverse version of even approaching it. So I do think you're doing good work. Have you found any? I know you already work from home, so maybe not. But have you found any benefits to this extended period of? being alone being with your yeah. partner
1: big time so if I think about it on a personal level um, I really enjoy so not having to commute not having to not having any plans I find I find general life a little bit overwhelming having to balance wanting to be a, a successful businesswoman woman with um, having friends yeah <laughs> Because they don't actually go hand in hand, and I find that balance of relationships really difficult. Which sounds really bad, but I I genuinely do. I have, I don't have one friendship group. I have like multiple, which is probably my issue. Um, and I find it really difficult to make sure everyone is like bring them all together, and yeah. So I don't miss having to do that because (laughs) I can still zoom my friends or I can text them and keep updated but. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to, like, spend extra energy, which sounds negative, but I'm really focused right now, so I'm trying to not lose my vision. So that's one thing. But on a personal level, my partner and I have always found it really difficult being on top of each other. I'm an introvert, and he's an extrovert. I love my own company and my own time, and I find it exhausting being around other people for too long, like, genuinely exhausting and he is the polar opposite and loves being around these people. He hates being alone. He loves being surrounded by people. So we've always found a balance there because we've never really had to spend too much time just us two together. And when we do, it, when we want to. Yeah. So we thought this was going to be really tough because it's like an, an actual nightmare. <laughs> um, but for some reason, we, we got sick really early on. Like the first the week before lockdown and the first week of lockdown, we were sick. Um, So we, that was really tough. Mm-hmm. And we were working, so well, I was, I don't think he was, but I was working trying to make sure that all the clients were adjusting, but then also hadn't told any of them that I was sick. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any Zooms. I was doing like emails and I was literally in pyjamas in my bed, like couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting because, we were bickering a lot then, but it's because we were uncomfortable, we were ill, and we were just a bit confused and uncomfortable. Full stop. And, um, and then we had a little bit of a blowout on week three, mm-hmm. bit of an argument. Literally from then, I think we figured out our boundaries. We figured out what this looks like for us. We're both really busy and we both have like goals that we're trying to hit right now. And I think we've just done a really good job at just giving each other space and listening to each other and allowing each other to have our time and I don't know how it's worked but it has and we I feel like we've actually got stronger as we've been together for six years now but as a couple we've got stronger from this Mm -hmm. than before because I would never have thought that we would like survive being at home just the two of us for like nearly nine weeks but actually it's been great I've really enjoyed it so I love
0: that are you someone that's into you know i dare I say it the hashtag self-care are you someone that is about do you find a balance in taking care of yourself because you seem so on do you allow yourself to have those times of unwinding
1: yeah. so I think don't work on weekends that's my thing um at the moment I'm working on a campaign so the last two weekends I've had to be on call and fine with that because I know next weekend I don't have to be and I'm going to try and not do another campaign that falls over weekends. but it's just the way this one has, has you know, worked out um, but generally if I'm not working because I don't have to um, I will not use my phone for work purposes so I will so I have all my notifications switched off on my phone so you can only get hold of me if I want to be Got, gotten hold of um. I've always got my phone on to be not disturbed and that works for me um and I know my clients we do a lot over email and whatsapp but we have working hours mm-hmm. so it works really nicely so I make a real big point of continuing that over the weekend sometimes I won't look at my phone and my sister will get really annoyed and be like you haven't looked like you haven't replied to my message from Saturday, and it's now Monday morning and I'm just like, 'Cause I'm just like but I didn't I I might have my phone on me and I might be using it, but I wasn't on WhatsApp. Yeah. Or I wasn't on my emails. I was just looking at Instagram for pleasure. Yeah. Or I was just on TikTok or whatever, but for pleasure, not so much for work. Yeah. And I'm quite good at switching my brain and um, because I really do love social media. It sounds really like, And I, my screen time is always really high on my phone. <laughs> and my boyfriend's always like, oh, you need to get that down. But I actually physically can't get that down because of the job that I do. Yeah. So I work, 50% of my phone and 50% of my laptop so I can't really get that done and I, and I know that and I'm fine mm-hmm. I know that I, I have a slight addiction to social media but I have done since like 2010 so it's not it's part it's just of you part of, yeah I like it my, my best friends that I have now come from social media so I'm mm-hmm. just like whatever so I don't have, I don't feel like I have an issue with switching off I do like to spend one day a week um Sorting myself out. So I wash my hair today. I normally try to do it on a Sunday. But I um I generally will wash my hair and spend one day, like, exfoliating my body, doing a face mask, um, sorting my eyebrows out, making sure that I look nice for the rest of the week. And then one day midweek, I will um, do my cuticles, file my nails down, and put like, a clear polish on them. Because I can't go to the salon at the moment. So yeah. we're just going to it. And um, and so that day will be tomorrow because I broke an nail yesterday. Oh. So happy, <laughs> but for me that is self care because I like to make sure that I'm taken care of because I take care of a lot of people, staff, family, friends, mm. the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> so that I do take time to make myself feel special and. I will also make sure that one day I will make a really nice cocktail or have a... I'm not... I don't think... So either ask my partner to make a really nice meal because he's an incredible cook. um, That's it. (laughs) Or get a really nice takeaway and that will be like the inside. Like I'm healed. And then I will also make sure that I use at least one day do some kind of exercise. It used to be beginning of lockdown it was every day then it was like four times a week and now I'm just like if I can do one day I'll be happy mm-hmm. but I, because I have to walk the dog I have to make sure that um, I, I, I make sure that I'm getting my steps in which is nice so I know that I'm moving
0: Yeah,
1: I just want to do something that's a little bit more increasing of the heart yeah. rate and like makes me feel good that way so self care to me is multiple different things mm-hmm. self care to me might be going over my my numbers so that sounds really weird because that still works but I don't get to think about admin during the week I'm always just catching up on everything because we get so much that comes through on the weekend it's the first time of the week I can sit for a minute switch my brain off and think about what I actually need and sometimes that might be I just need to look through the numbers and just make sure you know we're going to be okay yeah or I need to I really want to look the numbers because I want to plan something or maybe I'm going to do a webinar this weekend on you know Facebook advertising because I haven't done it in a while and I want to brush up and make sure that I'm on top of it mm-hmm. and that sounds really boring and really lame but for me it's feeding me because I haven't had time to do anything like that throughout the week and when I sit and do it I'm just like oh I really needed that to like recalibrate my brain yeah. um, so, admin for me is also really therapeutic and a form of self-care. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. I think that's the thing. It's like it sounds like you get into a flow when you do that, and I think when you get into flow, it's not work. It's literally.
1: No. It's pleasurable. I really like my business. is part of me. It's mm. not like it's not a job. It's my. It is actually my life. It's is really weird to say, and some people might see that as negative. But I've chosen this path, and I've chosen to do it in a certain type of way. And I really enjoy what I do. And I actually really love finding other founders who have the same mentality as me, because not everyone has that, and not everyone understands it. And when I find that, it makes me feel really normal.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Because I have friends who don't understand that. And then they see me as being a little bit like wrapped up in my job, and I need to like, chill out. And I'm just like, well, you've chosen to work nine to five or six and get paid by someone else, I've chosen a much riskier lifestyle that I'm constantly having to chase payments and and chase the the next opportunity to make sure that we grow. Mm. And I love that. I live for it. And that's my life. It's not just my job.
0: So I'm just going to go for the final question, which is, when do you feel you're most beautiful?
1: I think... I feel... The most beautiful when I am not stressed. So when I've like had that moment of like figuring out my week and everything just like put to the side. When I've you know done my full body exfoliation and put a face mask on and my skin feels like it can finally breathe. And when I've got fresh brows because I can actually do my brows myself. Luckily, I've been taught. So I can just, like, shape my face. How I want it to be. My hair so is either slick back or out, but it's comfortable. I just like to be comfortable. And I'm just wearing comfortable clothes. I don't I, – I genuinely feel really uncomfortable dressed up. And I have done for a long time. Makeup, full face of makeup. And, you know, a tight dress or like Mm. a nice outfit makes me feel really uncomfortable. And I've I've said this to a lot of my friends before when we go out. I've never really felt that comfortable as like being the girl in the club Mm. because I don't really like the whole get up. And I really feel like myself and beautiful and happy when I'm just like me
0: thanks for listening please do like subscribe and review when you get the chance it's so important for me to keep improving on this podcast so i'd love a review you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at beauty podcast and i'd love it if you could take a screenshot and tag me when you're listening so that i can see what you think thanks again for listening